You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. And today we are starting our It's Okay to Not Be Okay series. It's a series on mental health. So I want to give a a precursor before I get started. It's easy today to judge. It's easy today to look at what I'm saying and saying, well, pastors shouldn't feel that way or or pastors shouldn't speak that way. So what what I want you to hear today is your pastor is a human. I am a human just like you, but I have a calling on my life to be a pastor. My calling is not any greater or any better than your calling. My calling is just different. Some of you are called to minister in the marketplace to where you are. I'm called to lead the sheep, but I struggle with the same things that you struggle with. So it's easy today to judge But what I want you to hear is if more pastors would talk about this, we would not have pastors leaving the ministry at record pace. And so, yes, I'm kind of sticking my neck out on the line. But then again, the Lord asked me to do it. And so if the Lord asked you to do it, I'm more scared of him than I am you guys, right? As where you should be as well. Now, I had a great opening for this message with some great statistics and all that kind of stuff that were well-researched and it was really good, but the Lord said, do something different, okay? So my humanity wanted to lead with that, but the Lord said something different. So if you want to grab your church center app and look at some statistics on depression, they're in there in sermon notes, Uh, but I am a statistic. So the Lord said, tell them you being a statistic, not numbers. Numbers don't mean anything to you. It wasn't too long ago, we went through a difficulty as a church. Some leaders and I didn't see eye to eye on some things, and they thought it was time for them to go. And it was very difficult for me. Now, I don't know if you know this, But if you don't know this, let me tell you, I care about each and every one of you. And when you're missing, I notice. And I do my best to reach out with you. Some of you, I reach out to you and miss you even when you show up in church. Amen? Right? (laughs) I'll reach out to you sometimes and you'll be like, I did it to Jerry the other day. He was like, I was there. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, I took up offering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Lord just wanted me to give you an extra special touch today, okay? <laughs> and it's happened, you know? So give me grace. And sometimes I may, I may not see that you're gone. But if you give me grace in that too, I would appreciate it. But I love each and every one of you. And if any of you ever choose to leave this place for whatever reason, I feel like a part of me is gone because I feel like we're a family, And so, especially the ones that were leaving, they were very close to me. We had poured our life into, and it hurt. And I called Crystal. I said, I don't want to do this. There's so many more things that I could do in my life 
than this. I could pretty much choose anything I want to do, and I don't want to do this. And she said, before we do that, before you quit, let's go do something. Let's see if mom and dad will take the kids, and we can go somewhere. Take a break, rest, and see if we can do better. So we called our parents, you know, and we, we have, it's, sometimes we got to go away, but we've got four anchors that hold us down, you know. I love those anchors. They're great anchors. But we called the parents and we said, hey, can y'all watch them just for two nights and we'll be back. Thankfully, they, they said yes. I think this, is, this time it was a conglomerate of one parent watching some, sometime one parent watching, you know, make it work. We went away to Austin. We, f- we found a, a nice hotel and, and we just didn't have any plans to do anything. We just rest, we relaxed, we ran around on those. Have y'all been down there with the scooters that you can activate with your phone, right? <laughs> it like, it's dead and then you use your phone, it comes alive and then you can ride it around, it goes like 20 miles an hour. You're like, how do you know it goes that fast? I gotta see how fast it can go, right? <laughs> And two nights and we came back and on the drive home, I told her, I, I think we can, I think I can keep doing this. Now, was I really thinking about quitting? I don't know. But, but what I noticed in myself was something that I needed to take care of. I noticed that I was feeling depressed. Yes, your pastor struggles with depression. And I felt it from a young age. But I think sometimes in our culture, we don't, we don't feel that kids can be depressed. But it's something that if it's a part of you, it's a part of you from birth. And it's something that I've always had to deal with. But now in my adulthood, I can see it in myself and know when I need to take care of myself. And we went away. And I know sometimes you may sit at home and go, man, pastor sure goes away a lot. I go away so that when I come back, I'm better for you. Because when I'm in Johnson County, I can't relax. There's no relaxing to be had. And so I I see these things in myself and I have to go or I get into a place where I want to quit. And I would hope that you don't want me to quit. Okay, two people, that's great. Uh, (laughs) Pastor Grant's going, no, you can't quit. (laughs) But today we're going to look at another prophet that felt the same way as me. We're gonna look at the prophet Elijah. So if you have your Bibles, grab them, go to 1 Kings chapter 19. We're gonna look at the prophet Elijah. And I think he felt the same way that I felt because ministry is tough. It was tough in the Old Testament, it's tough now. And I think he felt the same way. But as you're turning there, I've got a, a couple announcements. They, they gave me a flyer so that I wouldn't forget. Uh, Pastor Grant planned on uh, doing this at the end of last service, but you'll see things are going to go sideways here in a minute, and we're not going to have time for things such as this. Uh, and so Wednesday is the back-to-school bash for your youth and kids. We're going to have uh, hot dogs, volleyball, and more. I've heard there's a bounce house with water. Ooh. 
Uh, it's going to be fun. So make sure you're here. You can bring all your friends. All are invited. Uh, and while they are doing that, we will have a, a night of worship and prayer for the adults in here at 630. So make sure you're here on Wednesday night. But if you'd like to follow along with my sermon, you can download the Church Center app. If this is your first time here with us at Hope Church, we're really glad you're here. First time, go out there and see them at the welcome desk. They've got a journal for you. Second time, you can go see them again. They got a t-shirt. Third time, invite to lunch with one of our pastors. And if you've been here more than three times, I want to encourage you, if you have not yet gone to it, go to our Hope Connect class. It's a class you can learn all about the history of Hope Church. You'll know the things about like Pastor Chuck Farina, where we came from, all that kind of stuff. You'll get to meet me, the staff, and you'll get to learn how you can get more involved with the church. So there's a QR code there on the chair in front of you. You can scan that. Hope Connect is one of those. It's also in your app under registrations. You can hit that as well uh, and you can sign up for that class. Um, But if you've already been through it, you know it's such an awesome time to connect with the people of Hope Church. We've got something coming up in September also that I want to... um, to talk to you about this week, we met with all of the Hope Group leaders, uh, and I'm, I'm here to tell you we got the A team this time. That we've got some of the best and the brightest of Hope Church that are going to be leading Hope groups. We've got some in Burleson, Godly, uh, and, and here in Cleburne. And so get on there, look. We've tried to make it as as across the scale as we can. We know some of you can't always be here on Wednesday night, but we want you to find a way to connect more than just on Sunday morning here at Hope Church. And if you don't find a group near you, you might pray about the Lord saying to you, hmm, maybe I need to put a Hope group in my town. All right, we'll leave that there. All my commercials are over. Did I remember everything? Yes, look at me go. So let's, let's read into it. First Kings chapter 19, starting in verse one. Let's talk about somebody else that struggled with something similar to what I did. Number, verse number one, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Now, Elijah had killed a bunch of the prophets of Baal. This is what God asked him to do. These people were not serving the right gods and they were misleading God's people. So that's what he did. And how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods, little g, do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of the one of them by this time tomorrow. She's saying she's going to kill him. Verse 3, then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse 4, but... He himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die saying, is it, uh, is, it is enough now. Oh Lord, take my life for am I better than my father's? Would you say that Elijah is depressed? He sits under a tree and says, God, take me tired of this. Elijah's ready to quit. So before I get into the meat of the message today, I wanted to to tell you, and I think we see it with Elijah real quickly, how to get depressed in four easy steps. I know I'm kind of making light of this, but if you want to get depressed, if you're looking to be depressed today, here's how you can get depressed in four easy steps. I know I'm kind of being tongue in cheek with this, but I want you to learn something from this. If you'd like to get depressed in four easy steps, the first step is wear yourself out. Elijah had worked, 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 and he was tired. Did you know God created the earth in six days, and what did he do on the seventh? 
Did he need to rest? No. He was saying, listen here, dummy. You need to take a day off. Now, the dummy is me. He's talking to me. He's not talking to you, all right? So don't get offended there, all right? You got to take a day off because you guys are smart. You know this. You know that you need to take a day off. Maybe some of you. But did you know that God created us to work six days and to rest one? Maybe today's your rest day. Maybe today's the day that you need to go sit in your chair, turn on some Little League baseball, amen, get into one of the best times of year, and just relax. Just rest. Allow the Lord to work in you. Because if you wear yourself out, you're going to get like Elijah. The second thing you could do, if the second thing, if you'd like to be depressed in four easy steps, is number two, shut people out. You know, many of you were laying in bed today and they said, and you said, ah, man, I really don't want to go to church. Sometimes when you're laying in bed and you don't feel like getting up and going to church, this is the place that you need to be. Because the devil, what the devil wants you to do is he wants you to keep you in the first Baptist bed of your bed, right? That's what he wants you to do. He wants you to stay there. Because if you're in your bed, you're ineffective. If you're in your bed, you can't have other people speak into your life. So guys, it's oftentimes when we need to be here the most, we feel like being here the least. Don't shut people out. God has given you this group of people to lift you up, to love you, and care for you through this season. The third step in how to get depressed in four easy steps is focus on the negative. Focus on the negative. There's a lot of negative Nancys out there, you people, that you're like, oh, I just, I'm just a realist, I call myself, right? I just see things the way they really are, pastor. I'm a realist. Okay, well, there are some positive things. Not everything is bad. Not everything is negative. Now, our body is created in such a way that our mind focuses on the negative so that it keeps us out of trouble. We flee from things that can harm us, but if all we do is focus on the negative, then we become that person that nobody ever wants to be around, okay? I love my father-in-law. I joke with him all the time. I hate watching Cowboys games because he's a negative Cowboys fan. No matter if we win, if we win a game, we could blow him out. He goes, ah, we had too many penalties. We didn't deserve to win that game. I'm like, what? Like, oh, pff, we ain't going to win the Super Bowl. We, we may win every game this year, but we ain't going to win the Super Bowl, right? And it's, it's, and, but some people have those people in your life. It doesn't matter if, if you are having the best day in the world. If you talk to this person, that you're going to feel depressed after you talk to them, right? So don't be that person. One thing we do with our kids every night is we, is we say, what's one good thing about today and what's, what's one negative? The kids always never have any trouble finding the negative, right? Most of the time, going to school, that's the worst part of my day, right? But there's always one positive thing from the day. Even if it's not the greatest, it's one positive. So stop focusing on the negative. And the fourth step in four easy steps to get depressed is forget God. Forget God's calling on your life. That's where Elijah was. He had forgotten what God had called him to be. And guys, one of the easiest ways for us as Christ followers to get off the path is to forget the calling that God has on each and every one of our lives. Guys, I want you to know that God has called you for a purpose. He has a calling on each and every one of your lives. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. 
He has called you to minister where you are. And guys, I'm so excited. We're headed to one of our favorite seasons of the year because you get the opportunity to go out and minister. We, we do the At The Movies series so that you can go out and express that calling of bringing light in the, to the darkness where you work. Now, in just a few weeks, we'll go to At The Movies on September 11th. It, at that time, we'll go to three services. What day are we going to three services, Grant? September, September the 11th. I've had about 552 people ask me that. Uh, so if, if, in case you were wondering, September 11th is the day. And in case you're sitting there going... We don't need three services. I want you to look to your left. I want you to look to your right. You see very many empty seats other than just right here where nobody wants to walk all the way over here. I appreciate you guys. Thank you for making the walk. You know, I appreciate you. Okay, you're the unsung heroes right here, okay? Because <laughs> they didn't. They just sat where they found, where they found a seat. I'm, I'm joking, but not really. Uh, remember this. Because there's going to be some times in the fall that we don't need three. But it's this right here is the reason why we need three. Because there's no space. We always want to leave a chair for someone at Hope Church. And we're at our absolute max today. When we get over 150, we're over 150 in this service today. When we get over 150, there's no chair for your friend. And for me, I'm never going to pastor a church that there's no chair for the one that needs him the most. Amen? So let's get into it. Preacher being a preacher, you never, you know. <laughs> yeah. So today, what is number one? I want, I want you to talk about now. Today, the title of my message is God's prescription for depression. I talked about four easy steps to get depressed, but what is God's prescription for depression? Now, what I don't want you to hear today, I'm not making light of the fact that there are some people that need to take prescriptions for their depression. I'm not making light of that. What I do believe is that God can heal you. God can move in that, but do what your doctor says. Amen. I am a preacher, not a PhD. I serve the one that can heal it all, but until he does, listen to the people on this earth that he's given some wisdom as well. So I'm not saying today, stop your pills and believe in Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. So don't hear that today. Okay. That's called malpractice is what that's called. Okay, God's prescription for depression. Let's keep reading. Verse five, what happened to Elijah? He was ready to quit, wanted the Lord to kill him. Verse five, and he lay down and slept under a broom tree. Amen, how many, how many sometimes a good sleep makes everything better? And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on a hot stone and a jar of water. How great is God? He was hungry and there was water and food when he woke up. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, arise, eat, for the journey ahead is great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went with the strength of the food 40 days and 40 nights to Hebron, the mountain. The first prescription that God would have for your depression is rest and eat. Rest and eat. Sometimes we complicate things, but it's amazing that God says, eat healthy, rest, and some of you wouldn't kill you to exercise. Amen? Amen. Okay. I'm preaching to myself here. I have a sedentary job. I sit behind a computer all the time. So I go to the gym a lot. 
One way, one reason I go to the gym is to get out the frustrations I have in life, okay? If you ever run across me at Planet Fitness with my AirPods in, just going away at the weights, don't bother me, okay? I'm solving the world's problems and I'm keeping from killing people, okay? That's, that's what I need, okay? That's what I need. I know I need that not to kill somebody, so I gotta go do that, right? Okay, I don't need to end up on 2020. That wouldn't be good. But I feel so much better when I eat right, eat right, and when I work out. The TikTok algorithm knows that I'm trying to be healthy, so it gave me a video last night of comparisons of 2,200 calorie foods. Did you know if you want to eat 200 calories of Reese's, you can have four of the really small mini like Halloween Easter or Halloween little, little cups. That's 200 calories. But if you want 200 calories of sweet peas, that is a whole bowl's worth of calories. What do you think is a better 200 calorie option? Reese's or sweet peas? I don't feel like you're listening. I mean, I led you right there to the right thing and you picked the wrong thing. Now I know what God felt like with the people of Israel. <laughs> but listen, you need to hear this more now than ever. I, I'm just, if we will not steward the body God has given us, we cannot expect him to heal us. If you won't do your part, why do you expect God to supernaturally do his part? If you won't do your part, watch what you eat. I mean, I don't care if you eat 200 calories of Reese's if you've only eaten 1,800 calories earlier that day. You feel me? It, everything is a balance. I'm not saying you can't ever eat Reese's, but don't eat Reese's all day, every day. You're going to end up on my 600-pound life. If you ever want to be depressed, watch that show, right? Oh, man. But guys, we are called to steward the body because this is all we have. And once this doesn't work, we're done. Let's keep reading. Verse nine. There he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very, he's upset. I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. And I even I only am I left and I seek my life to take it away. He's frustrated. He's led all these people. He's done what he's called to do and he's frustrated because he feels like he's the only one left. The second prescription that you would have, that God would have for your depression is replace the lies with truth. Replace the lies with truth. Elijah was frustrated. And God is saying, you'll see here in just a minute, God's going to restore him, but you can't let the lies come in and affect your mind. Guys, one of the things I hear far too often is, is when I go to other church events, you know, everybody always asks you, what church do you go to? What do you do at your church? And, and it, it's always funny because I know I can tell they don't know who I am or what they do because what do, what do you do at your church? are you the youth pastor? 
And I go, no, my youth think I'm too old to be the youth pastor. That's what, that's what they tell me. I said, no, I'm the, and only when they ask me if I'm the youth pastor do I use this title. I'm the senior pastor, right? Right? And that used to frustrate me. Like, do these people think? And they're like, well, how long have you been pastoring at your church? 10 years? And they're like, 10 years? Like, yes, I started when I was young. I mean, come on now. This isn't that complicated. Uh, and I used to get really frustrated with it because it made me question myself, am I too young to be a pastor? The answer is no. In fact, you'll see throughout history, youth, I'm gonna preach to you here for a minute, young people are the ones that changed everything. Because as we get older, we get set in our ways and we like to be, we like to, we, like, we like to relax, we like things our way, okay? If you wanna mess up pastor, mess up his schedule. Whew, I like my schedule, don't mess with me. But when we're young, we're flexible enough to be able to change the world. And often it's, it's some of the greatest movements that we see young people moving. And God began to speak that to me. I was replacing the lies with truth. Because I was here in Cleburne one time. I was in, we, we were having some banking issues here at the church. And who gets to go do the banking issues but pastor, right? Ne never in pastoring school did we talk about banking issues. But we try to figure it out. So I go to this sweet lady who was trying to help me. And she goes, what do you do at your church? As you see where this is going, right? Oh, I thought you were the youth pastor. And I, I was over it. I'm, I'm used to it. But she said something that I was like, she said, oh, I bet they love having a young pastor like you. I don't know that I could have a pastor that was younger than me. And I was like, can we move our money today to a different bank? <laughs> Funny enough, we did eventually, but not because of that lady, okay? But, but I left that bank frustrated because I was listening to the lies that I could not do what God has called me to do. Don't listen to the lies. The world will tell us what we cannot do, but God determines what we will do. And guys, I want you to know, I've always put my faith in God. That is why this church is where it is today, because we've always allowed God to do his work in his church. And it doesn't matter how old you are. If you will do that, you will be successful as well. Amen. I mean, oh, preaching now. All right, let's go. Verse 11, and he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord and behold, the Lord will pass by. Could you imagine if you were standing on the mountain and the Lord said, I'm gonna pass by you. Imagine, just visualize that in your head. And a great strong wind tore through the mountains and broke in the pieces of rocks in the Lord. This is probably pretty crazy. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after it, the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the wind or the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. Where was the Lord's voice? The low whisper. Third, listen to the voice of God. Notice the voice of God wasn't the earthquake. It wasn't fire. It was the low whisper. And I think oftentimes we, we expect fire from heaven to come down and go, this is God, right? That was good. That was good. But he says, but he says, this is God. 
listen to me. I want you to hear what I have to say. And oftentimes you'll see in worship, Pastor Mo, the worship team will draw back because you can't always hear God when you're, there'll be another in the fire standing next to me, right? That's awesome, it's great. But you'll draw back and that's when you'll hear God say to you. You'll hear him speak to you. And that's done on purpose. It's not that we need a breather, although that helps sometimes us get a breather. It's not that we need a breather, but it's often when we have to quiet the noise in our lives to hear the voice of God. When you quiet yourself, when you get away from things, when you get away from all the noise, that you can truly hear the voice of God. Let's keep reading. Verse 15. And the Lord said to him, go return to your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nishmi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elijah, the son of some other names, you shall anoint to be prophet in your place. One of his biggest accomplishments in his life he was about to go do. Elijah passing his mantle off to Elijah was one of the greatest accomplishments that Elijah had. So the fourth prescription for depression today is the Lord gave us something to do. I'm not saying gives, I'm saying gave. Because oftentimes the calling of our lives have been on our lives all along. We're just being too hard-headed to listen. Amen. Guys, I wanted to be a rock star. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to stand up on the stage and shred the guitar. And sometimes you see visions of that, like during Ain't No Grave. Pastor Mo gets me all excited and then doesn't give me a three-minute guitar solo. I don't know why she, y'all pray for her. I need at least three minutes of a guitar solo every worship set. But guys, that's, that's what I wanted. I played in the bars till 2 a.m., I don't know if you've ever been in a bar at 2 a.m. I wouldn't suggest it if you haven't. Don't, you know, you don't need the research. I've done it for you already. But guys, at 2 a.m., I'm sitting there playing the soundtrack to everybody's drunken night. And God's saying to me, is this what you want to use the talents I've given you for? I've given you some talents and this is what you, you want to be the soundtrack to everybody's good time that they're not going to remember in the morning. That's what you want to do with the talents I've given you? Hey, guys, I'm here to tell you, that was the most darkest, most darkest, (laughs) great speaker today, the darkest point of my life. The darkest point of my life. When I was running away from what God has called me to do. Guys, you have a calling on your life. Not everybody's called to be a preacher, if, you were, if we were all called to be a preacher, we'd just sit in a room and yell at each other the whole time. That's all we'd ever do. You're called to do what God has called you to do, but don't just sit there. Do it. The reason why we invite you to the Hope Connect class is because we know that God has called you to do something. And we have Hope Connect because we get, we as the staff and the pastors of Hope, we get to get our hands on you and help you realize what God can do through you and put that into to work. Our job oftentimes as pastors is not to do the ministry, but to give you the opportunity to do the ministry that God has always called you to do. It's just our job to help you realize that. 
But oftentimes we just sit there and go, well, I'm not good enough. Guys, none of us is good enough. I'm not good enough to be here. I'm not good enough to be your pastor. I'm not good enough to to tie these Jordans in the morning, but God loves me. He's put me in this place. But guys, if you like your mess, if your life is a mess, if your life is a mess, why don't you try doing it God's way? Because his way is always gonna be better. Now, has being a pastor, has it not been hard times? Sure. It's been difficult, but it's the greatest thing I've ever done. At the end of my life, I'll be able to sit back and look at Hope Church and go, you know what? I may not be the pastor of Hope Church anymore, but Hope Church is going to last longer than me because I did something with my life that was meaningful that God has called me to do. What is God calling you to do? Maybe he's called you in this place, in this time to help take this church where it needs to be. But you've got to play your part. Preacher gonna preach. I mean, I feel it. Do you feel it? I feel like I'm gonna go. All right, let's go. What does this mean for us? Nobody feels it. I'm the only one that feels it. Say it's good. Maybe it's just because I have a jacket and it's 75 in here. Number one, what voices are you listening to? The devil is a liar. You are good enough. You can do it. It doesn't matter what limitations you have in your life. God can do mighty powerful things through you. It's just unique to you. Your uniqueness does not change the calling that he has on you. He's created you the way that you are to affect people that I could never affect. Number two, do you believe that God loves you and has a plan for you? Guys, I could look at everybody in the eye today. There's not a person in this place that God does not have a calling upon your life. All of our callings are different. He's called some of us to be pastors. He's called some of us to be missionaries. He's called some of us to be ministers in the marketplace. Like, pastor, that's a really fancy word for you have a job and you've called to shine the light of Jesus at your job. But you know what? You have a bigger mission field than I do. Because when I come to work on Mondays and Tuesdays, I'm pretty sure Pastor Grant and Pastor Zoe are saved. If they're not, we can have a moment here, okay? Turn your eyes. I'm joking, they're saved, at least I hope. Uh, That's up to the Lord, it's not up to me, but they tell me they are, so I believe them. So I don't have a mission field. My only mission field is when we go to lunch. There's people out there that need to know Jesus. You have a far reach, a further reach than even your pastor does. So don't listen to the lie of the devil that you are not effective. You are effective. You can grow this church faster than I can. The third question I have for you today is do you need to be set free? Do you need to be set free today? So I want to have our pastors come to the front. Noah, would you dim the lights for me, sir? Here's what we're going to do with the rest of this service. We're just going to pray. 
This is the third service, so we don't have a, a time frame on us. Amen. And we're just going to pray. And if you're sitting there today and you need God to move in your life, maybe you struggle with depression, maybe you struggle with anxiety, maybe you're struggling with another mental illness that I didn't talk about today. We'll try to get to all of them. We truly believe that God can set you free today.